Good morning. This meeting will come to order. Welcome to the October 19th, 2023 regular meeting of the Government Audit and Oversight Committee of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. I'm Supervisor Dean Preston, Chair of the Committee, uh, joined today by uh, Supervisor Raphael Mandelman. Uh, welcome back to GAO, Supervisor Mandelman, and thank you for filling in today uh, for Vice Chair Stephanie, uh, and we will soon be joined by Supervisor Connie Chan. Uh, our committee clerk today is Elisa Samara. I uh, also want to thank uh, Kalina Mendoza from SFGov TV for staffing the meeting. Um, Madam Clerk, before we turn to you for uh, announcements, uh, I understand we are joined by our board clerk, uh, Angela Calvillo. Welcome, Madam Clerk. I understand you have some uh, information to share. Good morning, members of the committee. Chair Preston, I do appreciate the privilege of the floor just to briefly address you on the remote system for public comment today. As you're already aware, Tuesday saw the Board of Supervisors amend their board rules to uh, effectively uh, end the use of the remote public comment system for the board meetings and the committee meetings due to the ease of the anonymous individuals that use it for harassing and discriminatory uh, comments. The board left one option to use the system and that is for ADA requests for accommodations to make public comment. For individuals who are interested in making that um, uh, request, you can call the clerk's office at 415-554-5184. Uh, but with regards to today's GAO agenda, this agenda was originally published last Thursday and Inherent had the opportunity for remote public comment. So uh, in consultation with our DCA and Pearson, we would like to continue to provide that opportunity for the public as originally noticed on this agenda, uh, despite the rule change, which will, uh, when we are scheduling all of our agendas going forward, will not contain that same language. Uh, so thank you so much. We just wanted to make sure that there were no, uh, there, were, there wasn't any confusion on behalf of the public, may they call in or not. The language is posted on the agenda uh, and the telephone number for individuals to access. I do trust that you're in good hands. If any of the callers make harassing or discriminatory remarks, they will be released from the line as you're in good hands with Clerk Samara. So thank you kindly. Thank you very much, uh, Madam Clerk. Uh, and now, uh, Ms. Samara, do you have some additional announcements? Yes, for this meeting, public comment will be taken on each item on this agenda. Those attending in person will be allowed to speak first, and then we will take those who are waiting on the telephone line. When your item of interest comes up and public comment is called, those joining us in person should line up to speak to your right, and those on the telephone should dial star three to be added to the speaker's queue. If you are on the telephone, please remember to turn down your TV and all listening devices that you may be using. Alternatively, you may submit written public comment to myself, the Government Audit and Oversight Clerk, at alisa.somera at sfgov.org. You may also send your written comments via U.S. Postal Service to our office at City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, Room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. If you submit public comment in writing, it will be forwarded to the supervisors and included as part of the official file. Finally, items acted upon today are expected to, to appear on the Board of Supervisors agenda of October 31st, 2023, unless otherwise stated. Thank you, Madam Clerk, and please call item one. Uh, Mr. Chair. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, you, I'm sure, are going to advise me that we should do a motion to excuse uh, Vice Chair Catherine Stephanie from today's meeting. Please call the roll on that motion. 
On the motion to excuse Supervisor Stephanie from attending today's meeting, uh, Supervisor Chan, Chan absent, Super, uh, Member Manzelman? Aye. Manzelman, aye. Chair Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. There are two ayes. Thank you. That motion passes. And now please call item one. Yes. Agenda item number one is a hearing on the UN Plaza activation project and relocation of the heart of the city farmers market and requesting the Recreation and Park Department and Civic Center Community Benefit District to report. Members of the public who wish to provide comment on this item should call into the number now scrolling across the screen. When prompted, enter the meeting ID and press the pound twice. If you haven't already done so, dial star three to be added to the speaker's queue. The prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and then you will, will be, uh, be able to begin your comments. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, I called for this hearing today to get responses on outstanding questions and requests for information about the pilot UN, uh, UN Plaza activation project um, and the relocation of the heart of the city farmer's market. Um, the Board of Supervisors recently passed uh, a resolution unanimously expressing uh, the Board's concern uh, about the process of relocating the farmer's market and urging uh, the rec Park Department to share information with the public on the uh, activation project um, and also asking the department to commit to mitigation measures to ensure the success of the farmers market um, and have greater transparency. Um, that resolution was heard um, at this committee last month um, and I had hoped um, that would have been the forum where the public and the board uh, could learn about the plans for the pilot uh, UN Plaza activation project uh, and how the city was helping the farmers market and its vendors and farmers uh, be successful in the transition to Fulton Plaza um, and Civic Center and part of Civic Center Plaza. Um, unfortunately, despite multiple requests from my office for Rec Park to send a representative to that last GAO meeting, Rec Park did not appear and questions remained unanswered. Um, Additionally, the public was again deprived uh, in the last hearing of their chance to learn about directly from, uh, from Rec Park about the plans and to give their feedback on those plans. We did have public comments, so we did hear a lot from the public, but everyone uh, was guessing at uh, the plans in many respects. Um, so I requested that both Rec Park and also the Civic Center CBD uh, be present today. Um, I will say in, in some of my conversations with Rec Park staff uh, over the months, it's often been the case that uh, things are referred to the CBD, so I felt it was important that they be here as well today uh, and get clarity on who's leading this activation project um, and what the, what the plans are. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that we can finally give the board and the, the farmers, the vendors, patrons of the farmer's market, uh, and my constituents in the Tenderloin and really beyond, because so many people across the city rely on this market, uh, get folks the information they deserve to know, um, including clarity on the, the plans, the timeline, and what kind of support we're extending to the farmer's market. And it's really my hope that we shift to a new chapter, and that we can talk about this more with the department, but I, I, I am really stunned by and disappointed by the lack of transparency and community engagement to date uh, on this very significant shift and the, the, this uh, substantial changes to the to, uh, heart of the city farmers market. So I'm hoping we, we can kind of hit reset and have some more a more collaborative approach going forward. But don't want to get ahead of myself, and I do want to uh, welcome 
are uh, both for the record note that, uh, that uh, Supervisor Chan has, uh, has joined us uh, and also um, that we have representatives from uh, Rec Park and from the CBD here today. So I uh, want to invite up and give the floor for up to 10 minutes um, to, uh, I don't know if it's Ms. Ng or, or uh, Ms. Madeline who are speaking, or both, it looks like both, so welcome. Thank you, Supervisors. Sarah Madlin here for the Recreation and Parks Department. Um, as you mentioned, Supervisor Preston, I'm also here with Eileen Satu from the Civic Center CBD. She does have a brief presentation, which we're hoping can follow um, ours. We good to go? All right. Yeah, and, and we, just so you know, we are, uh, you know, as we do in GA, we're going to um, limit presentations to 10 minutes. I know there'll be questions as well. Okay. We will do our best. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, the Civic Center Public Realm Plan is a vision for public spaces and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, streets and gateways in the Civic Center area. The plan is an interagency effort managed by the San Francisco Planning Department. The goal of this plan is to improve the area as both a neighborhood gathering space and a common area for everyone who lives and works in San Francisco. The UN Plaza Activation Project builds off this plan's key elements of identity, planting, circulation, and activation. The plan is a product of a two-year community outreach process and focused conversations with more than 90 neighborhood organizations, 3,000 individuals, and 3,000 individuals, including workshops, open houses, interactive boards, group discussions, focus groups with underrepresented communities, and online and in-person surveys. The plan presented common elements and ideas that Rec Park is now testing as a solution to the public safety and public health challenges at UN Plaza. These themes included supporting public spaces with positive public health agendas, inviting spaces serving family and visitors of diverse income ranges, supporting and augmenting the farmer's market, and providing active recreation such as fitness and game tables in the spaces. <clears throat> the plan also noted a need for temporary activations to experiment with this vast urban space. The best way to make a place safer and healthier and more joyous is to make it fun and attract people. Um, as we know, public spaces belong to everyone, and the conditions at UN Plaza have deteriorated while safety concerns have grown, deterring use and enjoyment. As we saw this morning in the San Francisco Standard, last year SF Fire responded to 545 calls reporting possible overdoses around UN Plaza, including the 1100 block of Market Street, 7th and Market Streets, and the other intersections bordering UN Plaza, and fielded 307 calls there in the first seven months of the year. Data from the Chief Medical Examiner's Office shows that at least 33 people have died of overdoses within a one-block radius of the plaza since January 1st, 2020. I know and, we... And I, I'm just going to jump in for the public, public's benefit that, and note that all those stats are for start in the month immediately following the closure of the Tenderloin Center uh, at that site. I understand that was not within Rec Park's jurisdiction, but just if we're focusing on uh, statistics, I think it's relevant. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
As I think the whole city family is aware, conditions in UN Plaza have continued to deteriorate, and there has been a citywide effort, including multiple departments, from DEM to SFPD to the sheriff, um, Rec and Park, um, Public Works, and our highway, and the, and the California Highway Patrol are also uh, supporting efforts there. As part of this citywide effort, Rec and Park was asked earlier this year to assist with recreation programming and stewardship of UN Plaza. It quickly became clear that the plaza needed positive programming seven days a week. As we know, positive activation in public spaces ensures more people have equitable access while bringing enjoyment to all. Our first step in this process was to ask the farmer's market if they would be able to operate seven days a week, and unfortunately they were not able to, and they were not able to increase to more than the two that they currently have, which is um, one of the things that began the conversations about moving them so we could provide that activation in UN Plaza on a daily basis. Um, as you may have seen, because it was out your office windows, in August we had a four-day carnival that brought almost 20,000 children and families to Civic Center um, to utilize Fulton Plaza. So here it is, the design of, of UN Plaza Activation Project, which is deeply influenced by that public realm plan that we spoke about earlier. The project provides a range of recreational elements for the public um, and tries to create versatile, vibrant, and healthy activities for this space while celebrating San Francisco's history and highlighting surrounding civic uses. As you can see in the slide, we are contemplating exercise table, exercise equipment, chess tables, permanent ping pong tables, tech ball tables, which is essentially soccer ping pong, a uh, very popular sport internationally, and there's a, uh, a, a national federation in the United States that's actually going to come up and help us program that. Um, multiple skate elements throughout the area um, that we've worked closely with a variety of, of skateboarding groups on, and a vegetation fountain. Um, this work is informed by the outreach associated, as I said, with the Civic Center Public Realm Plan. And in addition, um, between ourselves and the CBD, we engaged uh, Rubicon, 83 McAllister Street condominiums, the Asian Art Museum, BART, the Civic Center CBD, DEM, Public Works, Deluxe, which is a skate uh, group, our federal government partners, obviously, um, Fitness Zone, the Farmer's Market, Los Angeles Techers, Low Key Skate Shop, the Mechanics Institute, the Mid-Market CBD, Adult Probation, the Library, MTA, Planning, SFPD, um, the State of California, GSA, Thrasher, Trinity Plaza, UC Law School, Urban Alchemy, and others. Um, we also hosted a community open house on August 14th uh, to demonstrate how the public realm plans focus on a unified space can be served through the UN Plaza activation project for the city and the neighborhood. And there are examples of many of the elements that we just discussed there so people could utilize them. Uh, this aerial view harkens back to the Civic Center Public Realm Plan and shows the unified urban spaces of Civic Center Plaza, Fulton Plaza, and UN Plaza. Uh, the upcoming activation at UN Plaza creates opportunities for the two other plazas to provide more coordinated and diverse options for visitors and residents. And you'll hear a little more about that when the CBD speaks as they are um, planning a lot of activations for Fulton Plaza. <clears throat> In early September, 
The city welcomed the heart of the city farmer's market to Fulton Plaza. We have seen a positive turnout that has provided new opportunities for vendors and residents to have access to this beloved farmer's market. Uh, as I said, Eileen will discuss um, how they, the CBD has worked to provide short and long-term support to that market. Uh, uh, at UN Plaza, as you probably have seen when you walk by, construction is well underway. Our hope is to um, open those new elements mid-November, mid <clears throat> and we're excited uh, to, to welcome people back to the renovated space. I know one of the questions that you had was around our budget. Um, as you see on the slide, the project is costing almost two a little over $2 million. Um, the funds for this project are coming from our department's general fund capital budget. The buckets which are spelled out in this, in this slide are, are in our general fund capital budget. They were approved by CPC and appropriated in our budget. They include things such as paving, facility renewal, facility maintenance, and funding. So these are um, standard elements of our capital budget. They are flexible pots that we prioritize based on inputs from what is going on in the city. We got clear direction from multiple city agencies that UM Plaza was a priority for us to spend um, these funds. And, and sorry, just to back on that mm -hmm. last slide, um, if you could clarify, because that's, I think, many weeks old and I'm just curious if there's any updates to that around this particularly around the half million dollars of uh, philanthropic funding that's referenced as for about a quarter of the project cost um, I do not believe there has been there have been suggestions that there could be APEC philanthropy to offset some of these costs it is my understanding as of now um, that has not been allocated thank you of course um, as I mentioned earlier, we are nearing construction completion. We anticipate welcoming the community to explore the new activation elements, uh, as I said, in mid-November. Um, and over the next two years, we are planning on, tr on tracking how these, how these changes are working, what people like, what people don't, they don't like. Um, our key ways of doing that are through Placer AI, which is anonymized cell phone data that provides uh, visitor counts, um, dwell time, as well as origin. Um, so we have a sense of if it's local, regional, uh, beyond the city, and how long folks are staying. This is all anonymized and, compl and complies with the city's privacy policies. Um, so Park is an effort that we use throughout our system to um, measure uh, how, how, how much activity is happening at a location. This is an in-person uh, process where staff and volunteers uh, identify the activity level. So they, they, they observe the park, they don't interact with patrons, and they um, track how uh, sedentary or active users are. It's a national standard that we employ in a lot of our renovations. Sorry, did you have a question, Supervisor? No. no. Okay, sorry. Um, we will also be uh, tracking SFPD drug-related incidents in and around the plaza, and um, working with Urban Alchemy and program partners, we'll be looking at how, how, how well attended the different programs are, whether they're fitness classes, chess classes, um, ping pong, drop-in ping pong, tournaments, etc. cetera. Um, and finally, some of the best feedback that we get in the park system is just unsolicited casual conversations with staff on the ground. 
Um, at UN Plaza, we have the ambassadors from Urban Alchemy, we have our park rangers, and obviously we will have our recreation staff providing programs on site. Um, and we, are, we will take that information in. Thus far, we have heard positive feedback and excitement about the changes in future pl plans. And these activations and installations give us an opportunity to gauge and balance the needs of the, of the city and the community. So for example, if we see that people love tech ball but aren't playing as much ping pong there, ping pong tables are movable. They can go to another place in our system. We could replace with more chess tables if chess really takes off, et cetera. So we will be monitoring those things and, and likely tweaking some of the installations um, in the first couple of years. Uh, and I think that is it for us. I hope I didn't take up too much time because I know Helene has a presentation for you as well. Thank you. Thank you. And before we hear um, from the CBD, I did have a, a, a few questions for you. I, one, one, I just want to clarify and appreciate the the context of your presentation around the, the public realm plan that was undertaken a number of years ago and that, that was in some ways, a thir I think a, a, th a more thorough planning process and that, that I um, would have expected something like that more with this activation. And, and it sounds now like, and this kind of emerged once the criticism that there wasn't more uh, public input it was the first we ever heard that that planning process from I think what four or five years ago now mm -hmm. uh, is being cited as the public process and input for this particular activation. And I just wanted to get clarity on like, the public realm plan and that planning process. There, there was not, to my understanding, any recommendation of moving the farmer's market. As on any of those plans, is, but I just want to check that. Is that it? Did accurate? not get that granular. No, right. That is and correct. The, and there was no proposal for skate. There was proposal to activate more, and I think everyone wants that, mm -hmm. right? But there was not the, the the idea of a skate park, right? Which is my understanding is that's the element that makes it impossible for the farmers market to remain on on UM Plaza. That key element that that is the center of this plan was not a recommendation from the public realm plan, right? Again, it did not get that granular. Okay. It was around activation. Okay. That is a fair statement. Thank you. And then the one of the big issues that has been uh, where there's been some shifting information, I want to give you a, a chance to address this, is the duration of this. Um, the anyone who got any information as this was being planned, including myself, was assured this was a short-term, maximum six-month uh, activation, and that if things didn't work, this was a pilot, and if things didn't work out, that the farmer's market would be back on the plaza. Couple weeks, or maybe a week, week or two, before the farmer's market was moved, at a meeting that our office demanded, of some uh, key stakeholders, including the farmer's market, including general manager Ginsburg, he said this was a two-year pilot, which alarmed everyone in the room. As you give your presentation, I don't see any timeline. So is this still being, from, from Rec Park's perspective, is this still something you would characterize as a, a pilot that we are trying? And if so, 
what is the timeline for that pilot? Like at what point is, it, is the pilot done and we assess should it continue or should we revert back to farmer's market on UN Plaza and or other changes? Thank you for the question. So um, our expectation is that we will have two years to, Im to implement this. And as I said, make tweaks based on uh, feedback, usage, all of the data that we're collecting. And then at that point would evaluate is, is this, are these activations and converting UN Plaza, which was essentially didn't have any permanent installations for activation to a recreation area is it working? Do we like it? Is it, are, are people responding well? Um, so that is our expectation that we will tw probably be doing some tweaking um, in, in the interim, but, but that those two years are our expected timeline to make a complete decision. I, I want to reiterate, I won't belabor it, but just the threat to the farmer's market that that poses is significant. Like, it is one thing to say, we're gonna have a handful of months and try something and lead the farmer's market, basically tell the farmer's market they have to move from the place they've been for over 40 years. Lead them to believe in that forced relocation that is for a up to six months pilot, and if it doesn't work out, they're back on the plaza. Two years, like if, if it doesn't work out for the farmer's market and we can get into some of the concerns and issues that we're grappling with, if it doesn't work out over a two-year activation, like there will be no farmer's market. So I, let me just ask, like when did that shift from a very short pilot, like let's try this out, to a two-year pilot? When did that happen? I'm not aware that there was a, a shift. Um, so I apologize, I'm not able to answer so that this question. This was always, from, from Rec Park's perspective, <clears throat> this was always a, a two-year pilot. That's my understanding, yes. Um, why were no community meetings held prior to the open house at August 14th when everything had been decided? So the open house, it was the plan was presented to the community. Mm -hmm. Why was there no community meeting, open house uh, held in the many months prior to that while this plan was being uh, developed, filed, implemented, and so forth? Really a combination of factors. One, as I discussed in my presentation, we were relying on the information from the public realm plan. As you know, we did something very similar in Civic Center Plaza multiple years ago, um, where we renovated both of those playgrounds, brought in the cafe, and worked to activate Civic Center Plaza. That was actually uh, the sort of genesis, in many ways, of the public realm plan, of the Civic is it called the Civic Center Public Realm Plan? Yes, of the Public Realm Plan, sorry. Um, and so as a result of the feedback from that and continuing on those stakeholder conversations, uh, we worked on this, we came up with this plan. I think the other element to, that's important to recognize here is across the city, including this own body who hosted a meeting in UN Plaza, there is a recognition that this is a public space that is not safe for, our, for all San Franciscans. And that there's an urgency and an emergency around uh, doing something new there. And so some of the traditional steps that we take in a capital project were accelerated to address those challenges and those issues that I mentioned in the presentation. Was there ever a plan considered or developed that included the heart of the city farmer's market staying on UN Plaza and developing the various other possible uses around that, which was uh, the one 
very successful activated use, I think everyone agrees, uh, yes. on UN Plaza that was creating exactly the kind of safety that was bringing thousands of people to UN Plaza. So uh, was there, was there, are there any alternative plans that were considered or what from the start was the, the plan to relocate? Um, and I would love to, to bring Aline into that because the CBD did do a lot of the, the work and the conversations with them. But yes, as I stated in the presentation, our first hope was to expand the farmer's market to seven days a week. Understandably, they were not able to do that. We asked them to stay for four days a week. They weren't able to do that. With only two days of, week of the week of activation, there was a decision made that we needed installations to create activation the rest of those days. Um, as we went through the process, and I think part of the challenge here is uh, the, the conversations with the farmer's market began in April as things were evolving and, um, and we were hoping to, or, or trying to figure out what could work and what couldn't, things move in a process. Um, and so eventually it became clear that there wasn't enough room for the, all of the activations that we felt we needed to create a healthy space here and the farmer's market, which is why the work was done at Fulton Plaza to, um, uh, to accommodate them. Thank you. At any time, did, uh, did Rec Park offer the $2 million or any fraction of that to the farmer's market to increase the number of days of activation, given that they were the one entity that has successfully operated in a safe manner, uh, in a community building manner on UN Plaza. I'm sure, I'm just curious if there were discussions around, can you go to four days? And obviously Rec Park had, had $2 million to play with on this, was that part of the, was that offered to the farmer's market? So um, as you know, those two, that $2 million is in our capital budget, and we also do not have a contract with the farmer's market um, or a permit with them or any way to transfer money to them. I do not know if there were conversations, and I would ask Aline to speak to that, if there were conversations about support. I know that DPH does support the market with funds um, to support their operations. I don't know if there were other conversations about subsidies to them to offer, to, to keep them there more days. But from um, Rec and Park's perspective, we, don't, we are not a granting agency. We don't have that capability, and these dollars were in our capital budget. Thank you. And then one other question, unless my colleagues have questions for you, uh, and we'll go to the CBD. Um, but ju just um, clarifying on the permit status, the, and I understand this relates to both uh, Rec Park and to the CBD, depending where we are. So, um, but I just want to make sure that the that I have it right and that the public understands the. So, on UN Plaza and pursuant to authority that the Board of Supervisors decades ago gave to Rec Park, permits are controlled by Rec Park, right? They are, they are issued, so the farmer's market was there, I believe, and correct me if I'm getting this wrong, it, it, but the, the farmer's market was there pursuant to a permit with Rec Park. In the new location uh, on Fulton Plaza, I believe that it's that, that, that the Civic Center CBD is actually the, the entity that issues permits for that. Do I, do I have all, both parts of that right? It's, it's, a, it's complex. You have it mostly correct. Um, UN Plaza is under the jurisdiction of public works, but uh, Rec Park has long been in charge of recreational programming and activation. So, for example, if a permit was to repair the lights, 
at UN Plaza, that would be issued through Public Works. But other permits for activation and recreation came through us. Mm -hmm. DPW has actually issued us a permit to do this work on UN Plaza. At Fulton, Fulton is, uh, and, and Helene will speak more about this, um, Fulton is uh, under operating under a, um, a permit from the MTA. That is street space, they have, it's their, it's, is it called shared spaces? It's, it's, there's an ISCOT permit that was issued to the CBD um, to program that space and um, CBD has offered a permit to the, the farmer's market as a sub to that permit. I understand there are concerns about that and we as, as partners have discussed supporting the farmer's market getting their own ISCOT permit. Um, there are some challenges there which we can talk in more detail about uh, but we're happy to help support that. Th okay, thank you for the clarification. Sure. I, I guess we'll hear more about that uh, but just the, on my understanding is that the farmer's market when it's operating on UM Plaza was, so that was per a permit, as you've described, from, from Rec Park. It had its own permit. Um, it is so old, I'm not sure the origin of right. it. Right, and, <laughs> and basically month to month. Correct. Right, and it's now, and, and this is important because I just, I just want to thank the farmer's market for their willingness to speak up and their, their advocacy here, but also recognize the completely impossible position that the farmer's market has been in through all this and how I, I really am concerned with how they're treated in all this because they're on a month-to-month -month permit and they're told you're moving. And, they have, and, and if they speak up too much, they fear that that puts them at risk. And now they're in a new location where they've asked for longer-term and we can talk with CBD about what, you know, the length of the commitments. But again, their contract, their permit can be terminated on a month's notice. And I just, you know, in other contexts, I think we understand mm -hmm. that that gives a tremendous amount of power over the farmer's market and basically kind of real effectively forcing them to go along with any of these kind of plans. Um, I just want to identify that and, and I guess just ask you, whether maybe and maybe this is for the CBD now, but like is is there a willingness to enter into a longer term for the city to enter into something more stable for the farmers market as we're navigating all these changes so that they're not on a month to month situation where frankly they can get pushed around because they don't know if mm -hmm. forty five days later all their vendors won't be able to show up here. Absolutely. Um the, as I said, the permit is an ISCOT permit, which um, we, I understand there are some, I'm not, we are investigating whether they are policy or legal issues around the length of those possible permits, but we are absolutely uh, committed and willing to work with the farmer's market to have them obtain their own permit for the longest possible duration under, under that configuration. And I would just say, and I completely understand your perspective, Supervisor, that from our perspective, the farmer's market was not told anything. We had a long conversation that began in April of this year unfolding about how we could work together to, to solve these challenges. And they were eventually asked 
to move to accommodate um, these changes. Um, but I, I think our perspective is that this, this was a conversation that began with us saying, you're great, we want you to stay, can you do more? Um, and so I share your, your perspective that the farmer's market is a bright spot in UN Plaza, and I think we are hopeful it can continue to be one in Fulton Plaza. Are, are, are you saying that the farmer's market, <clears throat> when you say they were asked to move, you, you, they were given a choice to either remain on UN Plaza or move? Because that's not my understanding of what occurred. What I'm saying is that the, 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 our plans to install these installations in UN Plaza full, unfolded over time and in conversations with the farmer's market. And so I just want to clarify that we're not the, a giant gorilla that showed up and said, move tomorrow. I, I mean, I don't know about gorilla, but we, we, it sounds like there were conversations about whether the farmer's market could expand to fill more days and do what we all want, which is more uh, positive activation use on the plaza. It was determined that that was not workable. It's hard enough right now to operate a farmer's market one day a week in the city and county of San Francisco for in most locations, and they're doing you know, two days a week, and, and you know, we can discuss what other ways there could have been more support to have them expand, but it sounds like that wasn't in the cards. Uh, so, but once that decision was made, that that was not going to be the path, they were then told, not asked, that they were going to need to relocate, right? I just want to make sure we're all on the same page, because, you know, I mean, that, that's what happened. That's what the farmer's market said. I've never heard anyone take a different position, but I, I'm, I think it's important to clarify. They, they, were, they were told, and they are, they are, they're someone operating pursuant to a month-to-month -month permit who can be terminated at any time, and they know that, and they were told to that they have to relocate. They didn't have a choice in the relocation. And then there was a discussion about mitigations and how to support and all mm -hmm. that, right? So I, are we all on the same page that that's what occurred? We are on the same page that these activations and the farmer's market could not coexist in UN Plaza, yes. And that they were told the activations in this way are going to happen and that they have to relocate. Yes. Thank you. Sure. Um, uh, Supervisor Chan. Thank you. I, I am kind of curious uh, with the Civic uh, Center Plaza uh, public round plan, if there was no, de it was determined, but there was not like details about the design and what activities go into, why wasn't there a thought or there's like a, a approach that perhaps the activation would incorporate the farmer's market at the, its current location? There was. And that what? was discussed um, and and evaluated and through the design process realized that the scope of particularly the skate elements um, took up, to make that a successful intervention took up too much of the plaza. And then, <clears throat> but the design process is determined by, how, how did it take place again? I, I guess I'm, I'm lost. Uh, the design process is determined by Red Park. Working with designers, yes, yeah. and public input from the public realm plan and all the stakeholders that I mentioned that we spoke to. The stakeholder that you listed, like I think it's a whole bunch of them, was that the farmer's market one of them? Yes. And I think the question that I have is that, so it is determined 
by this process, whoever that is, that somehow that instead of working with what is existing there, which is the farmer's market, and see how we can incorporate that, the idea is to eliminate the farmer's market in the design, and therefore they should be relocated. Well, Supervisor, they're not eliminated. They've moved 100 feet. The Pacific Center Public Realm Plan uh, looks at those spaces but as they are a eliminated unified in that space. space, though. They are moved across the street. The, lo the distance from their last booth to the first booth in Fulton Plaza is, I believe, 100 feet. So I think language is important here. No one's eliminating anything. They have moved, we've asked them to move across the street to a facility that the city has repaved, striped. We have provided parking in invalidated parking in Civic Center Plaza. There are a variety of things that these we yes, it is a zero sum game when it comes to space. Um, they have we as a result of trying to activate all of these spaces and bring healthy activation because it because the farmer's market is not an act a healthy activation. It I'm is. Kind of it's a fabulous, excellent one that has been a bright spot in UN Plaza, and we hope, and, and our data shows, will continue to be a bright spot in Fulton Plaza. Um, so again, it is not eliminated. It has, has moved 100 feet. Well, I mean, I think technically, if we really look at it, if you, and, and this is uh, clearly, I'm not a tenant's attorney, uh, but let's just say that this is really a tenant's landlord issue to look at a space where we're saying to the tenants that is existing at this space, you cannot be at this space. You have to be at another space, even if it's 100 feet. Then mm -hmm. technically, they're not at that space. So they are technically evicted from the spaces that they've been occupied. So uh, that's the semantic part that where I disagree with you, that I think that they are eliminated or they are technically evicted from the spots that they are currently occupy um, and without consent uh, in any way that it's at least not by the tenants, uh, which is the farmer's market. And so instead there is other people who decided that what should go in there without the input, not just the farmer's market, but the people that use it. But um, thank you. Thank you, um, and, and I will just comment that I, I agree with your statement around language, but I also just wanna say that uh, folks use the language often that serves to, to minimize or maximize. I mean, to, it, by the same token that, that there's not an elimination of the farmer's market, there's an elimination of the farmer's market in that space, I would agree with that. I would also say that it's been a real sore point with the farmer's market. Understood. How Rec Park has repeatedly minimized and belittled the change, and even that you're focusing on 100 feet of the folks who are furthest west to now where the folks who are furthest east are, as opposed to you could as easily use the number of feet between the vendors who are down by the BART exit and the folks who are now nearly two blocks away and cross a major multi-lane traffic, right, and, and, for, and, and, and emphasize the impact on seniors, people with disabilities getting there. And, and so I agree with you, on some, for some vendors it's gonna be further than others. Um, and, and we can talk a little more, more about some of the details, but it is, not an, it, it is not a minor or insignificant thing to relocate a, 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 a farmer's market that's been successfully operating for 40 years across the street. And I just want to say that to not only not take, you know, have transparency in this process, have virtually no public input on the process, but then in the few 
moments where we were able to bring everyone together to have the narrative be basically telling the farmer's market, you know, why it's only a few feet and it's not a big deal. Like they have spoken at our last hearing that Rec Park did not attend about the impacts, about, you know, the lack, you know, the challenges, some of which are being addressed, right? Around the lack of having a place to tie down your tents, mm -hmm. around the fact that this is now a newly repaved area where all their, where their produce is wilting because of heat from the new asphalt that's there, while when they were on, on UN Plaza, they had bricks which absorbed heat, right? Like there, there are major impacts to, op and, it's, and it's, as you know, exceedingly difficult to operate in a place and you make one work and just picking up and, and moving it. Uh, I just wanna really just suggest that, uh, that, that language, as you say, does matter on this and that we shouldn't be picking, picking the sort of thing that makes it looks like it's the most minimum change. It's a major change for a long yes, time. Yes, and I did not mean yeah. to minimize it. I meant to say that it's not that they are not operating, right? They are operating across the street. I completely agree with you. Our goal is uh, we respect and appreciate the farmer's market. Um, we, I'm, I'm not trying to minimize this. Change is hard. Change is hard for all of us. It takes time. It takes adjustment. And I completely understand the challenges with moving operations to a new place, which is why um, ourselves and the Civic Center CBD have worked to support all of those issues. And, and I believe they were in the letter that we responded to you and in our permit to address the challenges with this new space. So I, I apologize for any, I did not mean to minimize their impact. I, we appreciate I, them. Thank, thank you, and, and, and Ms. Ms. Ballard, this is not just you. I, I just want to be clear, like, in, this is, has been a pattern when people have raised concerns uh, of, of the feedback from, uh, from Rec Park just around minimizing the change, which I think is really different from acknowledging the significance of the change and focusing, as you're saying, on the ways to support it to be to 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 engage the public and to make sure it thrives and succeeds. I, I just don't think it helps uh, anyone if any of us are are minimizing. Yes, agreed, the impact. agreed. Yeah. And I don't think it helps the conversation to say that the farmers market is going away, which it is not. And I realize there are changes, challenges. And I think, I mean, yes. if we can, if she can present, maybe she, can talk more about those the can. impacts Thank and you. the. And I think what we want to make sure, and one of our top priorities, is that the farmers market is not going away. And yes. what I'm concerned about at the end of the day, we it, are it, we are in agreement on that, Supervisor, and we look forward to working with right. you on how Let to achieve that. Let me ask you this before you, you, we we change speakers. With a two month pilot, what is Rec Park's plan? We'll hear from the CBD, but what is the plan? if the sales for the farmer's market and other struggles are posing a threat to the viability of the farmer's market in the new location. Like, is there a, is it wait till the end of two years or, or what happens if they're not thriving there? Um, that is a great question. I think with the data that, that we have so far shows that they are. That said, any of our installations are reversible, um, and I think this conversation should continue, and I think our conversation about language and rhetoric will uh, be helpful if, as we continue to work through these challenges together. So I think our hope is that we stay in conversation. If that, I don't know the answer to that question right now, but if that comes to fruition, we do commit to continuing to work with the farmer's market to ensure that they are in this area and thriving.
we share that commitment. I think Rec Park needs an answer to this, and I think it is one of the, f the frustrations because <clears throat> if Excuse me. Um, it's a mixed bag right now, to be honest, from what we're hearing from farmers market. Certain parts of it are thriving, even even just physically, right? Certain one side of the farmers market is doing better than the other side. The food trucks are doing pretty well on the on the Wednesdays, but really suffering on the Sundays, right? And, and so. It's a mixed bag right now, and I get that some of this is, is in progress, but what is concerning is the initial framing of this was always, if it doesn't work, we convert this plaza right back, right? Then people ask the question, wait a minute, we have thousands of bricks being removed. This is a major, you know, $2 million effort, right? So people deserve to know with some clarity if there is or is not a commitment to reverting back, right, to a use where the farmer's market is back on UM Plaza, if, they are n if we cannot all work together to make sure they thrive in their new location, and at what point in time we make that analysis. Is that six months in? Is that a year? My concern, and I'll just be very upfront about this, if, if that conversation happens two years in, they're done. If they're not thriving and we're waiting two years, to be putting them back on UM Plaza, then it's not a pile, I mean, it's not, mm -hmm. that, so I think we just need to be forthright, like it is given the level of physical change that is happening on UM Plaza right now, under the watch of, of Rec Park, mm -hmm. we need some clarity on, are there any circumstances in terms of the farmer's market that would cause a reversal of the changes that are being made and then being restored to farmer's market. And if the answer is no, let's just say that and, and, and be upfront with the farmer's market and the community. Uh, I think, Supervisor, as I said, we and the CBD have a commitment to ensuring that the farmer's market thrives. I, I think this conversation and the certainty you're asking for is better, is a conversation better had offline with the multiple parties involved in this conversation. I do understand what you are seeking and and are looking for assurances that we don't wait until it's too late if if something goes wrong with the farmer's market. And I think those are nuanced and complicated conversations that involve multiple stakeholders that are not here. And I would request that we have this have this open and honest conversation, um, not in this format, because I, yeah. all the people that need to be in it aren't here. Point taken. I will respect of, respectfully, and then we can go to the CBD. I, I will respectfully say this. I tried for months to engage offline in conversations with general manager of Rec Park and was assured of all these things that now will not be stated publicly, including that, oh, don't worry, we're just doing this with the bricks, we're gonna store them, it's up to six months, they'll be right back on UN Plus. It's all this don't worry supervisor on, on one of the big things in your district. And by trusting the good faith as well as the commitment to get community input, none of which happened for this project, and to, to frame this as a reversible thing with a six-month pilot, which the farmer's market understood it to be, my office understood it to be, and we could have our concerns, but it's very different to say, whatever your concerns are, right, Let's do something temporary, and here's how we can reverse it from what we're hearing now. So I appreciate, I mean, I think you've made clear what the position of the department is. I, I will just say I'm, I am, it, it is extremely concerning 
that there is not a plan B for what happens if the farmer's market does not thrive in this location. And I just will submit that I think it's really reckless to plan a relocation of the farmer's market and not have a plan for how to make sure that if they don't thrive in the new location, uh, that they're back in, in the old location. But we all share the commitment to making sure uh, and doing everything we can to, to have them thrive in the new location, which leads us, I think, to the CBD, which is uh, leading some of that work. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. So, good morning. My name is Hélène Sotou, and I'm the project director for the Civic Center Community Benefit District. In a nutshell, our organization's core mission is to improve the public realm conditions in Civic Center. UN Plaza has been a challenged public space since its inception. The San Francisco Chronicle urban design critic John King wrote in 2003 that UN Plaza plan lacks attractions for visitors. And this is still true today, 20 years later. The pandemic made these conditions much worse. UN Plaza has been ground zero for the city's public safety and health crisis. There has been a proliferation of unpermitted vendors uh, in a very obvious stolen goods market for decades. There has been There have been occasional fights, aggressive behaviors, and there has been, unfortunately, very visible drug dealing and drug use, particularly with the rise of fentanyl. The San Francisco Fire Department data shows that more people were reported overdosing in UN Plaza than on any other block in the city over the past five years. Last year, uh, SFFD responded to 545 calls reporting possible overdoses in and around UN Plaza. Adjacent building vacancies, reduced commuter food traffic have made the scale of the public health and safety issues ever bigger. At best, these large crowds that are gathering on UN Plaza create a sense of unease to the casual visitor. Because of these conditions, the CBD has been very limited in programming any activities in UN Plaza during the pandemic and not post-pandemic. And when the activity is over, the problem crowds return. For example, at some point, the CBD had to stop bringing the tables and chairs for the farmer's market hot food cust customers in UN Plaza because the illegal vendors had taken over them. So we had to work with DPW to bring barricades. We had to design dedicated signage 
and we had to work with Urban Alchemy to constantly monitor the tables and chairs to regain them for use by the customers of the market. So, going back to the mission of our organization, what can we possibly help to you know, improve a condition in UN Plaza? Well, what we see, what we see is that both infrastructure and staffing are essential. The case in point here is our dog park case study. In 2020, the Civic Center CBD designed and built the dog park in New and Plaza as a pilot project. Two years later, the dog park has become the one daily bright spot, daily bright spot, in UN Plaza, it's a community meetup spot for local dog owners to safely socialize in the public realm. It is open seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and it is staffed by an urban alchemy practitioner. We have an average of 2,500 guests visiting the dog park each month. So does it mean that the area is completely free from problems? No, it still is a challenge, particularly at nighttime. But however, it's, it's a, with this newly built environment, along with a consistent staffing and the on ongoing maintenance, all of that gives the community members and, you know, and their dogs the confidence to keep coming back daily. So in the next few slides, I am going to give you an overview of all the technical assistance that the Civic Center CBD has been provided to the heart of the CD farmer's market related to the upcoming UN Plaza improvements. I'd like to point out that in addition to the farmer's market, the CBD has also been provided assistance to the Gift Gallery, the RFM Theater, and the United Nations Cafe. And these efforts are ongoing. The CBD worked with a market manager for many, many hours and multiple city departments to work out the new farmer's layout on market layout on Fulton Plaza to permit uh, vehicle space for all market vendors and provide for emergency vehicle access. We alerted our colleagues at our, our uh, recreation and parks department and SFMTA, and, uh, sorry, the department, that many street lights on Fulton Plaza were out. And they made sure that those lights got fixed in time for the first market day on September 3rd. We also work uh, with RPD and SFMTA to provide a free 90 minutes parking to market customers in the Civic Center Plaza parking garage. This is a new program that never existed while, while they were on UN Plaza. We printed and posted directional signage, and we worked with SFMTS to establish the permitted parking for market vendors all day, so that each and every one of the vendors has a suitable, suitable place to park their vehicle. We also teamed up with the park rangers, the sheriff's office, Urban Alchemy, and our own CBD ambassadors to help with safety, in addition to the market's own security staff. So, 
What did that mean? With all that preparation work that took place, performers were able to set up quite smoothly on Fulton Plaza on, on Sunday, September 3rd, and every Wednesday and Sunday since then. Here are some images from the farmer's market. And their own social media staff has been posting some very neat pictures of beautiful produce, returning vendors, and comments from customers. So it's been roughly a month and a half of operation on Fulton Plaza. And I apologize if this uh, slide is, is, is a bit um, obvious. This is like really raw that data that the market manager uh, sent us. But basic for the first month of operation in September. But basically, the, the bottom line is that for September 2023, there was an overall better performance in the stall fees collected by the farmer's market from the vendors. And more, more critically, in terms of a concern with a f you know, food insecurity, more EBT customers actually accessed the market in September. In terms of stall fees, I, I included a data that the market farmers pro provided in August 2023 over 2022, um, because you know there, there is a post-pandemic rebound, so that that accounts for that. You know, the 4.9 percent is the increase. The market has been doing better and better, uh, recovering from the pandemic. But what's interesting to see is that in September 2023, the first day, first months in Fulton Plaza. Uh, compared to September 2022, it, it, there was an 11% increase in these stall fees. In, um, so the new location certainly did not discourage the vendors to show up. In terms of the EBT customers, so the, the, the mark, again, the market manager provided these, these uh, numbers showing that there were actually more customers in September 2023 over, over the, their numbers per market day in August 2023. There was an 11.2% increase in the total dollars that were, um, that this program you know, managed. And there was a 7.6% 7, increase in the number of the EBT transactions, you know, which, which represents the number of customers. Sorry, so we've can, can you go back on that? Those are interesting slides, but I just have one question. Can you go back? Sure. So with EBT, I'm, you're saying there was an 11.2% increase? But it in looks, a to but total dollars, and, and this is, again, uh, this is per market days. So there were eight uh, market days in September and nine market days in August. So, it, but I see. So, because what I'm looking at shows a decrease. But, because uh, if you look. You're saying, it's, you're saying per, because there was an extra market day. That is correct. In, in, the, in the August month. So, you, when you're saying there's 11.2% increase, you're adjusting down the August numbers because. We're because looking at per market day. And this is actually how the, the market manager himself actually presented the information sure. to me. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, Supervisor Chan. I mean, um, I, I think here's also my question, though. Like, so I, I get that there's an increase, but so are they attributing that the coalition of increase, the, the, it's because they're in the new location? We, 
I'm, I'm, I'm not infer, you know, making any conclusion. Okay. I'm just observing that certainly people were able to find the location of a, of a, of a farmer's market uh, in its new location. I, I only because, I, I say this only because if you must present this data and, and it's an indication, uh, you know, if you find this data as relevant in your presentation about the new location versus the old location, then I, I think it will only be <laughs> concrete to actually uh, compare the overall, um, not just... Um, I, I, that just, I, I mean, I'm just trying to understand to include this data point and including this as a reference of, uh, of this, then if we must dive deeper uh, to talk about sales, then, then help me understand what, what are you trying to, I, I would like to have more information uh, than just the comparison the, of the month to month. And, and I mean, there's many variables, right? If I may, Supervisor uh, Sarah Mellon for the department. Um, we, this is a piece of data that we are taking to answer the question that, that Supervisor Preston pr proposed, which is, is the market successful there? We re recognize this is one month's worth of data. It is absolutely not okay. conclusive. No one's suggesting that. You asked for information on how the market was doing. This is the information the market manager gave us. We will continue to collect this and can start to look at trends, which, of course, we will see seasonally when it's raining. There's fewer people there. All of those things. Um, and we will continue to, we can continue to track this, evaluate it, and again, uh, supervisor of the conversation that we pledge to continue with you, share this information in real time so we can um, evaluate it. That's all we're trying to say. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. And, and I do appreciate your statement earlier around the, the, um, the, the, it's been trending up, so it's, it's hard to know, right, whether the increase in sales is new location, is the trending up that's been happening uh, post-pandemic. I, so I, I do think what would be useful as, uh, obviously, one month's data is hard to read too much mm -hmm. into. You know, hopefully that's an encouraging sign, I, you know, but I, without, I, I do think probably is worth looking at the data overall on the market sales, right? Because if, if you were looking at like a 5% or 10%, I don't know what the increase has been monthly already, uh, that would be the other factor that, that could be. Uh, uh, absolutely. Thank you. So we've been, we've been thinking and our, you know, already, I've, you know, I've been in, 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 in very um, regular talk with the market managers about, uh, you know, w what else, where we are after this month uh, and a half of operation, what else, um, you know, can be done to help the market, not just, you know, uh, uh, continue to exist, but to thrive on Fulton Plaza. Uh, uh, clearly, uh, they could also use some more staff to manage the long lines at check-in. Um, that would help. Uh, we're looking at um, uh, uh, um, setting up some marking on the asphalt that are not going to interfere with other uses at times when a farmer's market is not on Fulton Plaza, uh, but, um, you know, that, not, that are not as burdensome as, you know, constantly chalking uh, the, the, the plaza since this, um, you know, those get, you know, uh, erased over time with, a, you know, cleaning of a plaza. Um, we think it might be uh, helpful to help some one-on-one -on -one merchandising support for some vendors. 
uh, and really kind of a targeted, a very, uh, very, uh, again, a very one-on-one -on -one approach, like, you know, small business assistant um, uh, approach. Maybe consider funding a shade structure for harder mouths. And, you know, some grants would help, you know, marketing, like, the, you know, a, the, a Sunday brunch, this is not my idea, this is actually, again, from a market manager, uh, uh, since, again, they, uh, the hot food vendors have expressed that the sales on Wednesdays are actually uh, really good on Civic Center Plaza, but they're a little too slow on Sunday. Um, I think it's very clear that the, the customers, a lot of the customers who drive to the farmer's market do not yet know that they can benefit of 90 minutes free parking in the Civic Center garage. A lot of them sort of um, park illegally on Hyde Street, and this might be con contributing to the fact that some of the um, some of the vendors on, on the west side are doing better, than, uh, I mean, on the, on the east side are doing better than the people on the west side. Uh, so some education, some signage to um, some, 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 you know, one-on-one -on -one talk with the people who are driving their car and just going quickly to the next nearest uh, farm table that, hey, you can park for 90 minutes in Civic Center Garage. Um, and discover all of the wonderful uh, vendors on, on Fulton Plaza. Uh, some more furniture and staffing uh, as well, especially uh, even when the, uh, uh, you know, we see a growth in the uh, uh, number of, of hot food uh, vendors. I think, thank you. This concludes my uh, presentation, and I'll be happy to answer any questions. Thank you very much. Uh, um, in terms of community input going forward, now that this is not in a rec park space, but the farmer's market is in a MTA permitted and CBD overseen, I guess, I, I don't know how to frame it. Um, like what is the, are there plans for any kind of community meetings, ongoing, you know, uh, anyone in, in any more formal way of which to be gathering community input as this is implemented? Um, I, you know, I think we've, we've been, um, uh, you know, talking with my colleagues here at, you know, Rec and Park. I mean, we're talking about doing some intercept uh, surveys, uh, in, you know, and there's also a lot of, you know, kind of organic, you know, feedback that, comes back to our ears anyway from, you know, uh, being, being out there, talking to the vendors. And this, this is not just, you know, me and, me and our management colleagues, you know, but also, you know, we'd have some staff there on a daily basis who are talking to customers. They're, they're responding to, you know, questions. They're hearing comments. Uh, and, you know, so that's, that's also one way that we, uh, we receive we're constantly receiving and, and thinking uh, about what these comments are like. So it's actually, it's a more um, organic way of happening, but it's we're definitely uh, very well tuned and very attentive to what these comments are. Um, and you saw that some of the suggestions for what could help farmers market are actually based precisely on some of the concerns, you know, uh, that we've, uh, we've heard.
Thank you. Um, I, I think while it's good to have the one-on-one, -on -one, I, I want to reiterate a suggestion I've made for a long time, which is have a community meeting. And, and even if it's just mm -hmm. to update people, I mean, you got the library right there with great, you know, meeting space for, for hundreds of people and just even mm -hmm. to provide, you know, these, I, I will say like GAO, we're happy to have hearings of this type. It's a very imperfect way to like have the kind of community meetings and hearings and presentations of plans and input from people who, you know, have their two minutes and then it gets cut off. Like we do this as like a last resort because we were not satisfied with the level of transparency and community input, but it's my hope that we're not having to convene to just on an ongoing basis just to get these kind of answers. And I would really encourage both the department and the CBD mm -hmm. to consider partnering with, you know, in a more, in a more public way uh, with the community and having uh, that conversation. And I, I will just say that, you know, I have had, I've heard from folks operating businesses that abut this area. I have spoken with um, the unions who operate in there, who, all of whom have not been part, were not part of these discussions till very, very recently, and it's a problem. Uh, and, you know, so I, I know there's a commitment to having ongoing one-on-one -on -one conversations, but sometimes you gotta come out from these one-on-one -on -one private conversations and have a more public discussion. I would really encourage that um, moving forward. Um, I've, I've got a couple other questions uh, that I hope are quick. Um, one of the complaints or concerns I know from vendors and from the farmer's market was about bathroom access in the new location before the public library opens. They come at the crack of dawn, as you know, uh, to set up. They don't have access to any restrooms. Is that something that is being addressed uh, yes, I know it's um, uh, there. There was a question whether the Civic Center Plaza, uh, you know, pit stop could open earlier, uh, and uh, that's definitely where um, this is one of the to do, you know, follow up item that is, you know, on on my list. Uh, so yes, it, it's uh, it's something I know the question was asking, but I don't have the answer right at this time. Uh, but I can assure you, it is on my to-do list. For folks driving in from halfway across California, I think, you know, mm -hmm. to... to we understand. Down, they, they need a restroom. Second thing, and I think this is, I, maybe you've addressed the asphalt issue with the new asphalt and the heat that's generated, which, you know, you got a lot of people operating on a very thin margin. They go out there, they lose a bunch of their produce. Uh, it's a major problem. Um, you mentioned possibly some over, it looks like some kind of structure for shade, but I, I, I don't know, is, is there any plan to either revisit the surfacing with something else or, or any solution? Because that, that could really, yeah, if we get some hot weather, continue to get these hot weather days, uh, that could uh, really kill their, their sales. Yeah, you know, I would say, you know, with a right amount of money, nothing is impossible. Uh, but yes, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a definitely, it's a concern. It's, uh, that could be one of the, you know, possible answers. I think it's, again, one of, the, one of these where a continued dialogue is, well, is, the... is really, and, 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 you know, believe me, at the CBD, we love to look for uh, solutions. We're very solutionist-oriented people, so that's why I threw in a slide, even if it's unre unrealistic. But yeah, we're we're trying to think about what those solutions can Conversations be. Conversations are great, but I mean, there's there's yeah. big things and small things, and a a a situation where the newly paved asphalt is actually causing them to lose 
their produce on hot days seems like an immediate, like if there's a budget ask and, uh, you know, let's yes. figure out what that is. And do you want to Supervisor, that? I can speak yeah. to that. Um, Public Works actually repaved the area in advance right. of the, the market coming in to create, because it was an uneven surface. Um, and we are in, we have heard this feedback and we are in conversation with them about what solutions are. Um, there are sort of two things. One is asphalt does fade. Um, and so there's a question of how much that would change this. And then also there are ways to do an overlay of a lighter color. We're also uh, looking at that with them. So I, uh, the questions around timing and budget, which I'm sure are your follow-ups, um, we don't have right now, but I'm happy to follow up directly with your office on that because this is something we are uh, looking into. Thank you. Um, Long-term permits, same question for, for you as I asked uh, Rec Park. Or, or is, there, is there an openness to longer-term arrangements as opposed to month-to-month, -month, or are we waiting for something? Oh, yes. I mean, if a farmer's market would like to, to pool and... And, and regularly renew their, you know, their own NISCOT permit. I mean, we'll, we'll help them in that process. I mean, our, our concern is, is simply one of, you know, coordinating the different uses, you know, so, but, so we, we're really happy to work with a farmer's market, whichever way they prefer to operate with their own permit or as a sub-permit to ours. Thank you. And for Rec Park, um, just in, back to UN Plaza for a second on the activation plans. Um, a, a lot of uh, speculation out there, I think, around or rumors around what, how the the activated site once construction is done will operate. Can you just elaborate on the hours that are anticipated? Whether everything will be open to the public? Whether there will be fees to use different services, or whether it will be free? So basically access, yes. whether in so, terms of hours, days, or fees. UN Plaza is governed um, by the park code, so it has park code hours. It uh, technically closes, although there's no gates, so nothing closes, but it technically closes at midnight and opens at 5 a.m. That is um, in the park code. Um, all of the... Uh, all of the installations are free and open for public use. Um, they, our hope is to continue to program the fitness center. Um, there's uh, chess classes brought to, by the Mechanics Institute. Um, uh, ping pong paddles available. All of those things are free. There are no paid classes on the site contemplated. Great. Thank you very much for that clarification. Um, colleagues, any other uh, questions or comments before we open up for public comment. Okay, let's go ahead and open up this item for public comment. Thank you very much. All right, members of the public wish to provide public comment on this item number one. Should line up to speak now if you are here joining us in person. If you are on the remote call-in line, please press star three to uh, be added to the speaker's queue. The system will indicate you have raised your hand. Wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted, and that will be your cue to begin your comments. Uh, we do have Jeanette Egenloff handling our remote line today, and she'll be putting them forward as, when, uh, when it comes up. First speaker, please. Oh. Uh, good morning, supervisors. Thank you for holding this hearing. I've heard a number of, I think, un unfortunately outrageously false statements today that's really troubling. False statements about the public in input. So I'm well connected to the community. I'm David Elliott Lewis, co-chair Tenderloin People's Congress. I have many affiliations in the Central City area, Central City SRO Collaborative, 
uh, Coalition on Homelessness, uh, lots of the TLCBD, uh, lots of groups. And we, we, we were not asked for any input. Your office was not asked for any input. So th this statement about input is really troubling. The, last, the first we heard about it was like a week, a week or two before it was actually happening. Uh, secondly, I know I don't have a lot of time here, uh, the public realm, the two-year, $13 million public realm proje project that was said that was, it was not granular enough to mention the farmer's market. It did mention the farmer's market. In fact, the public realm design included the farmer's market front and center in, the new, in that $13 million design. It was there. It was granular enough. So that was another false statement. The statement about uh, it, it always being a two-year pilot was not true. When the board of directors for the heart of the city's farmer's market voted, they voted based on the understanding and knowledge that we were told from Phil Ginsburg that it was a six-month pilot. So they voted to approve it based on a six-month pilot. They were misinformed. They were lied to. And this, this to say it was always a two-year was just so troubling, because that's not what the vote was based on. I'm not sure they would have voted the same way if they had heard it was two years. Uh, the, the statement about happy farmers, that everything is good, that sales are up, not true. I've, I've been interviewing the farmers. My colleagues here have been talking to the farmers. The farmers that are on the city hall side have had much lower sales. The farmers that are on the, uh, on the other side. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker, please. Hi. <clears throat> uh, my name is Carrie Barnes, and I'm president of the Noe Valley Democratic Club. I'm honored to be here today. It's my first time. Um, I've lived in San Francisco for a decade, um, and I'm very much a proponent of Rec and Park's makeover plans for UN Plaza. I agree with the vision, let's bring Paris to San Francisco. Um, but the sentiment we need to better activate public squares along Market Street is really rooted in reality. Uh, we have to draw in visitors and tourists and sustain our residents. Noe has benefited from a very successful town square and that has created a shared space and sense of community, which I have heard uh, Supervisor Preston, you talking so much about. Let's keep this momentum going. I know it's possible. So that's what I prepared uh, to say when I got here today and I have two additional comments. Um, I am surprised with the level of focus on public input and comment considering that public comment was removed and then re-implemented at the start of this meeting. Uh, respectfully, I think if it had been open and more advanced notice, we would have more sentiment and public opinion in support for revitalizing UN Plaza. And lastly, I'm a little disappointed with the level of discourse. The framing of eviction without consent is an unfortunate legal framework that I do not think applies here. It's highly charged and misleading. Um, I believe the role of government, and I think most people would, is to be balanced and consider all sides. And what we're really doing instead is maintaining the status quo, being concerned about preserving votes in our own stance, then I don't think we're creating progress for San Francisco. Thank you. Thank you so much for your comments. Next speaker. Good morning, supervisors. This is Hillary Brown. I'm with Prozac. I represent District 5. I've been involved with the Tenderloin community for like 20 years. And I'm a former shopper at the former, um, I mean, foreign market. But now I shop at Safeway in my neighborhood 
because there's not a lot of disabled access at the farm market. The reason why I can do that is because I live in a city pension and, and social security. But I'm speaking in the behalf of the community, in the farm market. Right. For example, I see on the barrier, I mean, the BART Accessibility Task Force, people may come from the East Bay to the Sharpest Market, but people who are disabled cannot navigate the same way they did when they were in the Union Plaza. So I need to speak to that constituency. And I wish they did a, this presentation at Prozac meetings before they t implement this project, because I said I want to see it's a District 5, which is a, a city body, as y'all know. I, I, I said because I said I have to stick up my constituent because a lot of them live in SROs and they can't have a they don't have a kitchen so they need to make a salad like a fruit salad or a regular salad. But I, but for, fortunately I can go the safe way and buy me some chicken and boil the chicken for my protein and, and buy some vegetables there. But I have to stick for my constituent who has the same fortune I do. That's all I want to say. Thank you so much for your comments. Next speaker. And thank you, uh, Ms. Brown, for your uh, service on, you mentioned Prozac, and for the public, that is the Park uh, Recreation and Open Space Advisory Committee, and thank you for your service on that committee. Next speaker. My name is Adele Framer. Thank you for the opportunity to speak on behalf of the San Francisco Farmers Market. Uh, I'm glad that we all agree that the farmer's market showed the best of San Francisco on UN Plaza twice a week for more than 40 years. Um, it was really a glorious experience. Uh, and uh, I was, I've been a long time shopper there. Um, lately, I found it to be quite diminished. And uh, the, the tables are crowded, there are fewer tables. The vegetables have become wilted from the heat. Uh, it, it's just, it really does not seem to be the same vital experience that it was before. And I want to remind uh, all of our planners here that community is site-specific. And when you move a community from one place to the other, it doesn't, it's not the same community. And we should have learned that in our experience with the Fillmore. Um, now, the farmer's market was a stakeholder in the Civic Center realm plan and it was not involved in this new plan uh, which uh, is unaccountable. Um, the farmers of course can uh, are operating uh, on Civic Center or rather operating the market two days a week. They can't do it more often than two days a week because they have to farm the other days of the week and to uh, increase the number of uh, days for the market would mean that they'd have to add many more farmers. I also want to say that what's important is foot traffic on UN Plaza. Now, the farmer's market brought 20,000 people, individuals, that's not, uh, that we know of from the uh, CalFresh data, that is not visits, that's individuals per year, and there are many thousand more that were not CalFresh customers that use the market. Um, I don't see any projections from Rec and Park for foot traffic for the new plan, and Thank that is so really necessary. Apologies for cutting you off, but we are setting the timer for two minutes today. Next speaker. Hi. Uh, thank you for the time today to speak in support of the skateboard activation area. My name is Jim. I'm a lifelong skateboarder and a partner of a skateboard company in San Francisco that's been in business for 33 years. 
The city of San Francisco has a deep, rich cultural history surrounding skateboarding. It is a diverse, beautiful young culture that much of the world views as one of the hearts of skateboarding. The very first professional street skater grew up here in San Francisco on 19th Avenue. Tom McGuire was born and, braised, born and bred in San Francisco, changed the face of skateboarding, think Barry Bonds, Joel Montana. Uh, they're equal in skateboarding, will forever call San Francisco as home. And seeing the city finally beginning to embrace its history in skateboarding is important, but larger than that, creating safe space, safe, multi-use, diverse spaces like the one you're doing will have far-reaching positive benefits for the youth in San Francisco. The CDC recently released concerning data around teen mental health, showing that their feelings of persistent sadness and hopelessness, as well as suicidal thoughts and behaviors, have increased, by, have increased substantially among young people. In 2020, the Center for Higher Education at USC conducted an extensive study on skateboarding and found that it improves mental health, fosters community, and encourages diversity and resilience, and that skate spaces like the ones you are building facilitate a sense of community and intercultural commun communication between skaters of diverse racial and gender backgrounds and identities. I acknowledge that the city is faced with many challenges and that many people and organizations need to be better served. I'm hopeful that this project and more like it can be treated as a unifying, inclusive program where all voices are heard, communities are served, and a common positive ground is built for all. Thank you for the time. Thank you so much for your comments. Next speaker. Hi, good morning. Uh, my name is Simon Vloria, resident and organizer of the Tenderloin. Um, I love the farmer's market and I love public space. Hence, I was excited when I heard about a civic center public realm plan. Um, two to three years of outreach and community engagement came up with a good proposal. Now about three years later, Reckon Park and Civic Center CBD decided to go on their own and do what they are doing and it's not deeply informed by that plan. It's very shallow. All they keep referring to is a seven day activation. There was nothing in the plan that states to move the farmer's market and a skate park. And all the people that was engaged on their plan seemed to miss significantly the Tenderloin residents. The whole idea of the Civic Center Public Realm Plan is to create a seamless and connected space of Civic Center, Fulton Plaza, and UN Plaza. What Reckon Park and Civic Center CBD are doing, do not do that. The changes they are doing to our public space without proper community engagement in, sh in a short amount of time and implementation and inconsistencies are an insult to our community, to the vendors, the farmer's market, um, to the planning department's planners of the planning Public Realm Plan, and most of all, San Francisco. Um, oftentimes when plans are half-assed and done quickly without proper engaging or listening with the people affected by it the most, it results in failure and costs more money. And we're talking about like changing the asphalt again and that's going to cost more money. The skate park at UN Plaza doesn't make any sense to be there. It seems like it makes more sense at Fulton Plaza. Those are an example. And if those aren't successful, we're going to go back and try to find more money for that. Again, this plan is being done quickly. We had a good plan. Let's use that as a baseline. Let's slow down, listen to the community, including the Tenderloin residents, to make this space successful. Thank you so much. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Beck Trebesh. Uh, I'm a research associate at the San Francisco Parks Alliance, speaking in support of the Recreation and Parks Department's plans for the activation of UN Plaza. At SF Parks Lines, we partner with communities and public agencies to create, sustain, and advocate for parks and public spaces that welcome and belong to everyone. 
This program provides an opportunity for the activation and revitalization of historic and treasured downtown public space. UN Plaza has long been a gathering, gathering place since its creation in 1975. With regular programming and increased stewardship of this space, its potential as the core of Mid-Market Street can be realized for the enjoyment and well-being of local residents and visitors alike. With physical additions such as skate park features, chess boards, ping pong tables, tech ball, exercise equipment, uh, the UN Plaza Activation Plan introduces a range of diverse uses, ensuring the vitality of the space for years to come. We would like to thank the Recreation and Park Department for their continued efforts in developing and revising the UN Plaza Activation Plan and envisioning a better future for our downtown. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker. I'm Casey Rios from the uh, Tenderloin People's Congress. I worked on the environmental justice framework for the city, the Civic Center public realm. I'm a research a community researcher and a resilience architect. I've been working in the Tenderloin and Soma for 25 years. Um, this non-plan that we've been presented with is an embarrassment to the deep cultural legacy that we have in United Nations Plaza and in our participatory planning efforts in the city. We have on in policy, written in policy, that these types of plans can't go forward without authentic community participation and leadership. That means being at the table from the beginning. The Civic Center Public Realm was recently awarded uh, the, I, the AIA Prize for Excellence for the State of California because it did this. We, what we've heard today is spin. Unfortunately, I feel embarrassed because we, we know otherwise. I'll give you an example. Let's talk about heat. I've measured the heat differential between UN Plaza, where the farmer's market was set up, and where it now is. On October the 5th, I measured 30 degrees differential, 70 degrees at UN Plaza, 98 to 113 degrees where people are expected to operate. 80 degrees is the OSHA breakpoint. We, as, as ten, new tenants, uh, the farmer's market deserves protection from this uh, activity. If we had community planners at the table from the very beginning, this wouldn't be. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker. Good morning, Supervisors, Tess Wellborn. I, I support uh, all the comments you've heard before about the problems with the current plans. I'd, I'd like to speak to a couple of specific points. Uh, surely putting a portable bathroom at the site of this temporary location at Fulton Plaza would not be an impossible thing to do. Um, the hardship that the farmers have by not having their truck next to their booth which they've been operating out of for 40 years is, is a real hardship. Their trucks are either stored or in the garage, inaccessible. Summer and fall are the biggest times that farmers markets have produce to operate. 
In fact, many farmers markets are only open in summer and fall. Um, we're going to see changes as the, the produce shrinks. Um, and uh, the skateboard park could be at Fulton Plaza. I'd like to also say that uh, the city has been on a, a rampage to remove all kinds of seating and benches around the city at bus stops, et cetera. And part of this is removing the commons. If we activate every spot on earth, we will have nowhere that people can casually go or have a rally or have a picnic. And that's what I see is being forecast here. Um, we need to have the farmer's market back at its original location and also the UN Plaza protected as it commemorates the signing of the UN a few feet away from there. So please support the farmers. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker. Good morning, supervisors. Um, my name is Liz Morowski. I am a uh, member of the Tenderloin People's Congress and a longtime resident of San Francisco. Uh, in all transparency, this presentation was weak, uh, convoluted, full of falsities, and a little bit too late. Really? And disrespectful. Um, not only to you, but I think to the farmers and to the community. Uh, let's reiterate, this isn't a park. And why are we allowing a CBD to dictate what's happening to our community and to our farmers without a budget? How did six months go to two years and we're just going to accept this as the baseline? Aren't we tired of this happening to our city at the expense of our residents and of our farmers? Again, let's bring attention that this was limited community outreach. English as a second language, not existent. This is not ADA compliant. How can you come here and say that the asphalt is going to fade and reduce the heat? The, the, this is just beyond ridiculous. And it has to make some type of sense. Uh, who's funding all these programs? How did Urban Alchemy get involved in this? How, why are we talking about DPH and drug monitoring? This city is the one that created the mess. A 22 million TPC failed, or I'm sorry, uh, linkage center failure. You created community to look for community to seek for help and now you wanna displace them without any proper mental health or substance abuse and you wanna replace it with a skate park and take away substantial food and equality from people that are raising that food as farmers. Oh, we don't like change. What change is the uh, park and rec going through? Let's dismantle your office and see how it works. Thank you for your comments. Thank you. Next speaker. Good morning. My name is Francisco Leon. I'm an ambassador for Union Plaza. Um, I'm, de I'm there on the market days, which is Wednesdays and Sundays. I'm just going to deliver the uh, positive uh, comments that I've been hearing from uh, either customers or people who are coming from BART. They said that uh, uh, it's a good uh, option that they make, they make in this um, scary park and then the workout area. They said they want to 
uh, either waking up a little bit early to come and do the exercise in the mornings before they head up to work. Uh, also, people from the market, uh, good comments saying about, uh, especially for disability persons, whoever, uh, which is the ones that are on wheelchair, they said that I have more space to uh, either go on the wheelchair, make the, the, the round and buy their groceries. Uh, so it's just, a good, it's just a good comments. People who are driving, they said it's more convenient for them to come and buy their groceries, which is they're allowed to park in the garage and make their, their, their purchases and get, get bounce out, which is it's just a good, it's a, it's a good um, comments that I've been hearing from everyone, which is like great. I think it's, it's working out. I love it, to be honest. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker. Hi, everybody. My name is Trader Jeff. I'm a long-term patron of the farmer's market. Ever since they've moved, I've been down there on Wednesday morning helping a family farmer unload his, his produce and then in the afternoon uh, help him pack it up again. And they've told me they're having a hard time, you know. Uh, with the new uh, regime here. It's a burden uh, economically, physically, and mentally on them. And uh, I've had some other people, another farmer I haven't seen ever since they've relocated, and another farmer that I used to go to, he hasn't been there uh, twice, Sunday or this last uh, Sunday and this last Wednesday. So I don't know what's happened to him. So I, I just hope that... Uh, you know, before uh, the farmer's market disappears, that it doesn't disappear and you guys can do whatever we, it needs to take, we need to do to uh, keep it going. And I don't want to see it disappear, and I know a lot of other people don't want to see it disappear, and it's disappearing as we speak. Thank you for your comments. Do we have any other speakers here in person who would like to provide public comment? Seeing no one, get up. We will now move over to our remote call-in system. We currently have six listeners and two in the, in the queue. If you haven't already done so, please press star three to enter the speaker's line. Um, Jeanette, could you put the first caller forward? Hello, caller. Hello? Yes, please proceed. Okay, uh, I have some Questions about, uh, uh, ha has anyone talked, about the skate park, has anyone talked to uh, uh, emergency room doctors and personnel and, uh, about how many head injuries have been coming from uh, skateboards and uh, uh, scooters and, and things since, since it, there's been such a, uh, a large amount of people using those devices, and I think that that the, um, the uh, a skating rink, you know, the ice skating rinks they used to have have gone out of business because insurance companies hiked up the hiked up the um, the uh, policies for them, and they went out of business. I mean, having a skateboarding place, I mean, there's things like lawsuits against the city that are possible. I don't know how much thought has gone into that. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I love the farmer's market, and I think it sh- should go back to where it was before because it's, it's becoming very inconvenient for those people to keep doing business under those conditions. My name is Susan Bryan, and I'm, I'm a resident, and I, I've also uh, have, have been in the uh, uh, different civic groups. Thank you. Thank you so much for your comments. Let's go to the next caller. Good morning, Chair Preston and members of the Government Audit and Oversight Committee. My name is Jackson Nutbeers, calling on behalf of the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce in support of the United Nations Plaza Activation Project. As we look to reimagine downtown, we desperately need to take action and can't be and can't let bureaucratic barriers get in the way of reimagining downtown San Francisco. This project will bring seven days of activation and give families another reason to come downtown. Um, I'd also like to thank Rec and Park uh, leadership and also the CBD as well. So thank you so much for your consideration. Thank you so much for your comments. All right. Do we have any other callers in the queue? If you haven't already done so and you're sitting in our speaker's queue, um, you need to press star three to line up to speak. Giving everyone a moment. Mr. Chair, that concludes the remote public comment. Public comment on this item is now closed. Uh, Supervisor Mandelman. Uh, thank you, Chair Preston. And um, I think uh, many of the issues that have been raised today and discussed are valuable and important. I have folks in my district who care a lot about the farmer's market, want to see it th- survive and succeed. Um, I've spoken with some of them, um, and I think it is, you know, a a vital and important and beloved San Francisco institution. Um, A couple of points that I think have not been made that I, you know, just want to put out there representing my own perspective on this. Um, It was not that long ago that Civic Center Plaza was unusable uh, for families and visitors and San Franciscans. There has been a lot of work put into activating Civic Center Plaza and managing Civic Center Plaza, and that is uh, work that Rec and Park um, has taken lead on. Um, Rec Park drives me nuts sometimes um, uh, for a variety of reasons, but I think it is important to give credit where credit is due, Um, and that was a important transformation that that the city needed, that our civic center needed, and Rec Park has been quite successful in that, and you see families out there and kids and tourists, and it is a much healthier space. By contrast, um, for much of the time, most of the time that I have been on the Board of Supervisors, the walk from the BART uh, exit, BART Muni exit at UN Plaza, to City Hall uh, has been something that any San Franciscan would be embarrassed to have any visiting relative, uh, person from another place, um, or even San Franciscan see. I don't remember whether it was during the pandemic or prior to the pandemic, but there was a period where you 
actually were walking through a, a actual drug market to walk from the escalator. The escalator, um, and and I remember having comment, you know, discussions with uh, folks from the Department of Emergency Management, um, and this, so that means this must have been pandemic times, um, about you know how insane it was that there was this active, thriving, and um, unafraid, unabashed drug market uh, just running as people you know tried to get back and forth coming out of that um, BART station. And that was before the linkage center. Um, the, the linkage center, in my view, made things significantly worse. And over the last, I'm not sure how long it is, but since the linkage center has closed, things have gotten better there. And one of the changes that happened is that Rec Park took over the management of UN Plaza and I think has been doing um, as good of a job as can be given the underlying significant historic deep-seated and long-standing challenges in that civic space. Um, I also want to thank uh, Ms. Sauto from the CBD. The CBDs I think are the um, you know, unsung uh, heroes of many San Francisco neighborhoods. I'm grateful for them in, in two of my neighborhoods, but I think being the executive director uh, of the CBD overseeing this area has got to be one of the most uh, challenging jobs in San Francisco. Um, and uh, so something had to be done. <laughs> And, it, uh, and I want to commend Rec Park uh, and the CBD for hearing the cries of residents and um, tenants and property owners and small businesses that were dying. Um, uh, and so, as I said, I think the issues that we have discussed are important. I think that all of us expect to see um, everything done to support the farmers market that can be done, but there has been there is no end of public input and group process in the city and county of San Francisco. But public input and group process do not respond to crises, and we had a crisis um, in in UN Plaza. And I'm reminded a little bit uh, of the Teddy Roosevelt quote about the 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 uh, critic and the man in the arena. Um, I want. Rec Park is not always so great at listening. I think it's important for Rec Park to listen around this project and to do what it can. Um, and we must you know, support the, the farmer's market. But I don't want it to go unsaid that um, this is a very important project. And I think if, you are, if it is successful, as I hope it is, um, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be very grateful um, for your work. Thank you. Um, Mr. Vice Chair. Thank you. I, I, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, through the chair, I want to concur with the fact that, you know, having seen the playground and seeing um, the, the changes in Civic Center Plaza is transformative and it's critical work. But I do think that it's precisely why seeing the, how the design changes a space is, I'm just so, like I, I just do not understand why we cannot be more creative about the design to incorporate uh, the farmer's market in that space, to still activate that space when the farmer's market is not there, and to sort of end up pitching the skate park against the farmer's market is kind of silly. It's precisely why I challenge that 
that all of us, uh, particularly Rec Park in this case, to do better in with community in terms of not just the input but the design itself. I think that it can be done to incorporate the farmers market uh, at its location that without relocating, evicting uh, <laughs> the farmers market. I do think that when you send someone out of that space is evicting them. So that's not politically charged as a statement, but it's actually a fact um, that they're no longer in the space they were originally in, and we don't know when they will be back and if they can survive in their new space. So all those is just, it seems like a solution seeking for more problems instead of just being able to incorporate a design to activate that UN Plaza in with the farmers market, I just I just do not understand it. it it's it's frustrating. Uh, so I look forward to seeing a design uh, or you know a change of course uh, in this process that we can actually head to a direction where we can be inclusive of the farmers market in that space and activation that perhaps bring more people doing different types of activities that Regpar has suggested. Um, I'm not denying that the benefits of those activities, but I am questioning the design itself, whether it could actually be a lot more inclusive. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Chan. Um, and I wanted to offer some final thoughts, uh, and then I intend to continue this to the call of the chair, because I think we may want to have it back uh, at some point to be getting updates especially and, uh, and commitments, especially if there is not some form of public process. and. Uh, convening, community convening, as I've uh, suggested and hope that the department uh, and CBD will undertake to do. Um, but I, I do want to address the, you know, some of the, the, the suggestions around community input and attempts to um, normalize doing this kind of project and jeopardizing the farmer's market without even meeting with the community. Um, and, you know, as a representative of District 5 and since 2022, the Tenderloin, I can, I can say with great confidence that in 80, at least 80% of this city, this would never, never happen, rolling out a project of this type, $2 million project displacing the farmer's market that's been there for 40 years, undertaking this level of, uh, th these level of changes, sort of reclaiming this space in fairly substantial ways, <laughs> having the district supervisor repeatedly request that there be community meetings and community inputs and having that not done and so I appreciate some of the comments of my colleague around some of the improvements in Civic Center. I, I also recognize some of the great work that Rec Park has done and that we've, our office has partnered with Rec Park on in other areas and in the Tenderloin. And I don't think that it negates any of that, though, to recognize in this case, none of that happened. And in this case, there were opportunities to actually bring everyone together around an activation that could be supported and that would support the farmer's market and there was no interest in that kind of collaboration with the community. Um, 
so I, you know, I don't think that, uh, as I said, we, in a higher income and whiter area of the city, this would not be done like this. And I think, you know, we throw the words equity and implicit bias and so forth around a lot, but I just have to call it when I see it. And that doesn't mean this was the intention of people, but the fact that any city department thinks it is okay to plan a major $2 million project in the heart of the community that impacts a beloved institution here of the farmer's market in such a severe way. To lie to the community, and I don't say that lightly, but to lie about the duration of that, to lie to the community, to lie to the farmer's market, to lie to the district supervisor's office about the intended duration of that, It is, it is astonishing to me and all unnecessary because as we've said all the way through, I think we'd all be on the same page for a lot of aspects of community activation, you know, seven days a week on uh, UN Plaza. I think we'd love to see a lot of these, these elements. Uh, I think nobody literally is opposed to additional activations on UN Plaza. So this was a real opportunity to come together um, and uh, I, it's, it's, it's beyond disappointing uh, to see uh, how this was done. I, you know, the term placemaking is used a lot, and I actually think Rec Park often does a very good job of placemaking in different places, parts of the city, and we've seen that. I think Civic Center, parts of, of you know, offer some good examples, and there are plenty of others. Uh, we work together in the skate park in, uh, in the Haight-Ashbury, which is a great example of that. The community, every neighborhood group, was at the table for numerous community meetings on that. And it bought in and, and supported, and it doesn't mean everyone supports it, but Breck Park knows how to do this right and knows how to collaborate uh, with, with a community. And it's really offensive. It's really offensive that this was not, that, that, that there was no effort and in fact a resistance uh, to meeting with the community and involving the community in such major changes and uh, and such uh, threats to the, uh, putting in jeopardy the the farmers market um, in this way, so I I think that you know there are a number of issues that we've talked about. Some of this is now unfortunately water you know under the bridge. I think we've made the mistake of confusing place or essentially substituting place making with place taking like that's what happens here and i don't think rec park should be in the business of place taking taking from a community and and, and i think that's what is at, at serious risk of having happened when you go out there and you see un plaza shut down like un like I, nobody denies the problems un plaza we may d d disagree between the administration and, and the community and others on the cause of the problems on UN Plaza. But no one disagrees that high overdose deaths, drug, extensive public drug use dealing um, in other activities are, you know, are a problem on UN Plaza. Um, but the, the idea that you just come now with no con come in with no consultation with the community, shut down not only the negative uses occurring, but also the positive people gathering and socializing, uh, as well as you know a vibrant farmers market. Shut all that down without even a conversation with the community. Um, 
none of that is compelled. Nothing was done quicker here because they didn't talk to the community. You know, the idea when people and my colleagues and others talk about the urgency and as if we somehow had to like rush out there and do, this was happening for months behind closed doors with Rec Park and the CBD and purposefully not involving community. And you can list off all the groups who are involved in the public realm plan five years ago. It's not a substitute for meeting with the Orpheum Theater, for meeting with the workers at, you know, IATSE workers who abut UM Plaza, for meeting with the Tenderloin People's Congress, for meeting with all the, the folks in the neighborhood. You know who they are, we all know who they are, uh, and convening those meetings. So um, hopefully it'll shift um, and th there'll be more consultation with the community uh, moving forward. I do think we have some urgent agenda items that have been identified and I hope we can make some progress, not in a, hey, let's wait for the asphalt to you know, age a little bit, but in a, like, let's on an emergency basis recognize there was a screw up in terms of doing the black asphalt and we need something different so that we're not killing the farmer's market out there. So whether it's adding shade or retreating the, you know, like let's, let's come up with that on an urgent basis. Uh, obviously bathrooms for farmers who are traveling in, uh, let's do it yesterday. You know, let's, let's not let another farmer's market uh, go by. So, um, you know, without those changes. So I think there are some urgent items. I appreciate that some efforts are, uh, underway and, and, and do want to recognize that, you know, I, I don't doubt that people are working to try to, to support and, and make the farmer's market a success in the new location, but some of these things are, are urgent and really need to be done. And if there's a problem, whether it's a, a bureaucratic problem or a finance pr or problem or whatever, we need to hear about it. Because no one's told me a reason why we put the wrong asphalt down in the first place and why we can't change that tomorrow. So. Uh, involve the board, please, uh, if, if there are actual barriers to this. So, I, you know, I'll wrap up there. I'm very disappointed with how this has been. Like I said, big, really was an opportunity for everyone to come together in a positive way. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully the hearing can start to, to reset a bit on that. I would like to go ahead and move the item uh, to the call of the chair. Madam Clerk. On the motion to continue item number one to the call of the chair, Member Chan. Chan, aye. Member Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Chair Ch Preston. Aye. Preston, aye. There are three ayes. Thank you, Madam Clerk. That uh, is continued, and thank you, everyone, for your participation in the hearing. Let's call uh, the next item. Yes. Item number two is a resolution urging the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency Board of Directors to remove third-party dispatch from its taxi upfront fare pilot program. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment and are joining us remotely should press star three now to enter the speaker's line. Mr. Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, Supervisor Chan has requested that we continue this item, I believe, to November 16th. Uh, Supervisor, would you like to speak to the item before we take public comment on the continuance? If I may just uh, explain why the continuance. Uh, we understand that we now, uh, SFMTA has released two quarters of the report of the pilot program. The third quarter is actually coming. Um, the first two quarters of the report give us not a lot, some data uh, points, um, but I think with the third quarter, November, um, third quarter report will give us a bit, a 
bigger picture, almost a year uh, worth of data to help us understand uh, what needs to be tweaked. So um, in, uh, in conversation with SFMTA, they agreed that November 16 will allow them a time to not just collect the data, but also finish collecting the data, but to analyze it and be able to present to this body uh, in a more um, big picture uh, way. So I, this is the reason why we agree to continue to November uh, 16 if you, you will support this continuance. Thank you. Thank you. Can we open this item up uh, uh, for public comment on the continuance? Yes. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on item number two should line up to speak now. Seeing no one in person, we will go to the remote public comment line. Jeanette is checking to see if we have any other callers. Um, if you are listening and have called in, please don't forget to press star three to line up to speak. Giving them a moment. Mr. Chair, we have no callers. Thank you. Public comment on this item is now closed. I'd like to move to continue this item to uh, November 16th. Please call the roll. On the motion to continue item number two to uh, November 16th, 2023, Member Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Member Mandelman. Mandelman, aye. Chair Preston. Aye. Preston, aye. There are three ayes. Thank you. That motion passes. Uh, and um, please. Uh, please call items three through eight for the closed session. Yes, today's closed session agenda is comprised of items three through eight, which are three ordinances and three resolutions authorizing and approving various settlements of lawsuits and unlitigated claims. Members of the public who wish to provide comment on any of these items should line up to speak now. If you are joining us remotely, you should press star three to enter the speaker's queue. Mr. Chair. Thank you. Is there no, no public comment? I see no one here in person, and I'm giving them a moment on the remote system. There are no callers, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Uh, public comment is now closed. Uh, and on the motion to convene in closed session, uh, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. On the motion to convene in closed session, Member Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Member Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Chair Preston. Aye. Preston, aye. There are three ayes. Thank you. The motion passes. We'll now convene in closed session. All right. Members of the public, if you are here in the chamber, we ask that you please leave or exit the chamber. TV, San Francisco Government Television.
right, Mr. Chair, we're ready to go. Thank you. We, we are back in open session. Uh, thanks to everyone for your, your patience while we were away. Madam Clerk, please report on the uh, closed session deliberations. Um, yes, uh, the closed session items three through eight were recommended with a positive recommendation. Thank you, and I, I think we should um, move to- Not uh, disclose. What's that? Not disclose? Yep, move to not disclose closed session. Okay, on the motion to not disclose the matters, Member Chan. Chan, aye. Member Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Chair Preston. Aye. Preston, aye. There are three ayes. Thank you. Any further business before the committee? That concludes our business for today. Thank you. We are adjourned.